Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Now, why in the world is the church people supposed to be disciples and that they're supposed to follow the authority of Christ? But we're not doing that. <clears throat> the mailman comes to our house every day. Sometimes we're there. Sometimes he never puts the mail in the mailbox. He hands it directly to us. And we say, how you doing? He says, how you doing? What if you just held on to that mail just a little longer? And said, I've seen you deliver my mail for years. And I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ. Are you willing to hear about Jesus Christ? What if that happened? Right? Our job is to be like UPS. You know that, right? Our job is to deliver. Deliver the message of Jesus Christ to every person out there. He said to go into all the world, and people think that means go all over the world. That does not mean that. What it means is you and I have different worlds. I do not walk in the same realms that Brian Eisen walks in. Grace, I don't walk around the same people that you walk around. I have a totally different group of people. That is my world. That is Brian's world. And if Brian's not ministering to them, if I'm not ministering grace, if you're not ministering to them, then who is? Because God dispatches us to the lost, the broken, the weak, and the weary because we are the person that's supposed to help. But if they don't know who we are, because we're, we're in camouflage, boy, ain't that funny. I know you all can't see me. Do we really follow his authority? Do we really, if we answer these questions honestly, are we really the voice of the one crying in the wilderness? We're racist about religion. If someone's Buddhist or Muslim, we don't talk to them. Islam is one of the fastest growing religions in the world. Do you know why? Their disciples go out and talk to everybody they know. And they know this. We're not going to reach everybody. But if we talk to multiple amounts of people, we'll reach some. They stole that from Christianity. That's what Jesus told us to do. But we're hanging out. Now, I, I need to hurry. We need to be reaching our friends, our family. Our co-workers. We've got to represent the light that we say we represent. We have to pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ. You know, everywhere I go and everywhere I went when I was a kid, every school I went to, they had this thing. Every morning, we would stand up and pledge allegiance to the United States of America. Every football game you go to, they play the national anthem. Sometimes they even pledge allegiance to the national anthem to the United States of America. Are you following what I'm saying? Listen, in the church, back in the day, we used to pledge allegiance to Christ. We don't do that anymore because we don't have time for that. We want to come. We want to get a shot in the arm. We want to go back and hide in our world and not allow people to know about Jesus Christ. He is the greatest thing that ever happened to humanity. Don't you understand that the Bible says he's Alpha 
that means beginning. And he's omega. He's the end. He's the first and he's the last. He is everything you need. I don't care what you're suffering with today. And I know that there are people in here suffering. There are people in here broken. There are people that are here in need of a change in their life. And the only way that you can get that is Jesus Christ. And we've got to find him. Be a walking advertisement. That means you're not just a mechanic. You're a follower of Christ, camouflaged as a mechanic. You're not just a nurse. You're a follower of Jesus Christ, camouflaged as a nurse. You're not just a teacher or doctor or lawyer, a pilot, an Uber driver. A custodian. Whatever else you do, you're camouflage. It's not the fact that you work at a place. It's the fact that God puts you in that location. Don't you understand? You got that job because God allowed you to get that job. Well, Pastor, you know, I don't really believe that. I've staked my life on it. The fact that you are where you are is not an accident. Are you representing Jesus Christ? So your mission, no matter what you do, is to reflect the authority and love of Christ before a non-Christian world. Let's go to Mark real quick. Mark 16, 14. Listen. This is Mark's account, not Matthew's, of the Great Commission. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at a table. Hmm. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Sounds about right. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said unto them, now watch, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. People would think we were crazy if we walked out and just declared Jesus Christ to our cow. But the Bible says every creature. The problem with declaring it to the cow is we can't declare it to the next door neighbor. Well, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, he says, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Now watch. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in other tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will be no means, by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, I need you to see something that we, we don't see very often. I know, I, I don't think it's ever been talked about in the church. I've never heard it. And that is, the Bible says that Jesus saw them sitting at the table. So, what happens is, let's, let's paint the backdrop of the story. Jesus goes to be crucified. He stands before Pilate, and then he gets ushered all over the place. And ultimately, he goes to this place called Golgotha. He's crucified. The disciples are totally, their world is messed up. And so they go into this place called the upper room and they stay there. Listen, they're there and they're not knowing what to do, but the Bible says that they're just hanging out at the table. Now, when I was a kid, I don't know if this is a real word or not, but when I was a kid, I would skip school. One day my mom came home and I had skipped school and she nearly broke both my legs. 
But I skipped school, and we used to say that when we skipped school, see, because my mom and dad worked, so we could go to my house all day long, and man, we had the snacks, you can tell. And my friends would say, we get to go to Demel's house and chillax. Anybody know what that word is? Yes, that's chill and relax. I've never heard it since. I don't know if it's a real word or not. But we used to think that was a funny thing until mom came home one day. But the kids were scattering, jumping out windows, out back doors. Left me there to handle the brunt of everything by myself. And boy, she was, you can see, look at that hair sticking up on top of her head. She's wild as a buck all the time. And so, it, it's by the grace of the Heavenly Father that I'm here walking before you today. The Bible says they were sitting at a table. They were chillaxing. There was nothing there for them to be excited about. As a matter of fact, they said that they heard the report that the Lord had been risen, but they didn't believe it. Boy, isn't that the society we live in? Because Jesus has risen. Why don't we act like he has risen? Listen, if he is all authority and he is risen and we're excited about our mission, we should go into all the world and preach the gospel. We shouldn't be sitting at the table hanging out. We should be everywhere that we can be discussing the presence of God in people's life, transforming people's life because people are broken in the masses. We're seeing it in the last 10 years. I've seen more brokenness than I've ever seen in my entire life. Why? Because Jesus is coming back and Satan wants to break everybody down so that he can use them. And we're in trouble. These are disciples. These are Jesus' closest companions on earth. These are his people. You know, I, I used to have another saying. It just came to my mind. My best friends, I would say, this is my dude. You got your dude? Every man in this place has his dude. Every man in, his in this place has his guy. That's my people. You know what I'm saying? And here's the thing. Jesus had his people. He had his dudes. And I want you to understand that when Jesus came, listen, he didn't know that he was going to have a, a chosen few disciples called the 12. But I want you to understand it wasn't just the masses that were sitting at the table. This was his people. This was the people that he trained for over three years. They knew what to do. They knew where to go. They knew who to speak to so that they could get the life of Christ instead though they were hanging out get me some Sally Jesse Raphael on the TV that, that, that ain't even probably people don't even know that show some CSI that's what we do we'll watch 14 hours of TV we got Disney Plus our house canceled the Netflix you know because we know this Wyatt if he can get into trouble it's not that he means to Brian he'll, he'll tell you ask him I didn't mean to he said the other day he's thrown a football through the house which you know we're not, we're not allowed to do ask Kate my wife will kill you in a second zip this this football goes to the house and she has all these nice fancy figurines Dude, it wiped out three of them. They fell on the floor and busted, and she went into atomic mode. Right? And he says, well, I didn't mean to. And Kate says, so that makes it okay? 
I mean, kind of, he said. He didn't mean to. Of course, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, this is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Because it is literally like a sitcom at my house every day. Luke's sitting over in the corner being a smart alley. Well, you know, blah, 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 whatever he says. He's, he's adding to Kate's angina. Does anybody know what angina? Her high heart rate. Okay? Listen, what I want you to understand is, this was Jesus' man. It was Peter, it was Paul, or Peter, who are James, John. What's the other ones? Tom, yeah, all of them. Paul wasn't there, by the way. And they're just sitting, hanging out. Can you imagine, does anybody have an apprentice where they work? That's where you train someone to do your job. Can you imagine Brian taking me for three and a half years and training me to be Brian? Because as Christians, you know that's the best we'll be. Because if we can train someone to be like ourselves. And so Brian trains me for three and a half years. And one day, Brian gets sick and, and they call me and they say, you know, Brian's going to be off work for three months. What's your title? Oh, that sounds good, don't it? Quality engineer. And so I become the quality engineer. I walk into Brian's office. I sit down at the computer. First thing I'm doing is changing his password. Right? And then I kick back. Phone rings. Hello, this is James. Where's Brian? I'm your new guy. Right? I'm the guy that's got everything you need. Okay, I need this and this and that. Okay. Click. I wonder if he's got any games on this computer. Right? And nothing ever gets done. Because I'm too busy, too busy relaxing. I'm too busy making sure that the computer password's changing, making sure you got to have the seat right. If you're sitting at a desk, the reason I lock my, my door, one of the reasons I lock my office door is because I don't want people messing with my seat. Okay? When we bought Kate's new car, do you know why that we bought the car? I talked her totally into the car because it had a thing that said button one, two, and three. And I could hit button three, and it would change to my settings. What if I didn't do anything but mess with the settings that Brian had set? And they're calling me all the time. And they're asking me, can you do this and can you do that? And I'm saying, yep, and I'm hanging up the phone and nothing is getting done. He has trained me. I know exactly what Brian's job is. You know why? Because, because for three and a half years, he has trained me to be him. And he gets into trouble. And he disappears. And I'm supposed to be him and I'm not doing the job that I'm supposed to do. What do you think would happen? They would kick me out the door so fast that I wouldn't have time to change the seat. But instead, what we do is because God, Jesus Christ, he doesn't fire us. He gives us chance after chance after chance. And so we get there and we find these disciples who are supposed to be out, listen, preaching the authority of Jesus Christ. Don't you understand that he gave them the authority when he left? He gave it to them. And now they're just hanging out at the table. Your mission is to declare the gospel 
of Jesus Christ everywhere you go. If, your work, if the people at work don't know that you're a Christian, sure, they can, you can say, well, I went to church. Everybody goes to church. But are we getting our lives changed? And are we changing the lives of others? I mean, are we bringing people to the knowledge of God? That's what I want you to know. Are we doing it? Is it happening in our lives? Brian, you can come to the piano. There's nothing wrong with just hanging out. But I want you to understand, if you read that scripture, the Bible says that the disciples were doing it in unbelief. And they went and told it to the rest. But they did not believe them either. That's what Mark 16, 13 says. The Bible says that Jesus sees them sitting, hanging out at the table, and he says, go. It's not just the fact that they were sitting at the table, it's the fact that they were comfortable at the table. He said, go preach the good news. And they were still hanging out. One more thing and I'm going to let you go home. What would you think of me if I had the cure for cancer? Not just one type of cancer, but every type of cancer. But I didn't give it to, to anybody. What would you think of me if, if you knew that I had that, but I didn't share? How would you feel? What kind of person would I be? We have the gift of eternal life. What kind of person do you think Jesus Christ thinks you are when you won't share? Well, pastor, why are you saying that? Because he said go. He said, I, I have all authority and I have given you that authority. And your job is to go make disciples. Can you imagine the horrific scene of Calvary? And then Jesus Christ being raised from the grave and popping in on the people that are supposed to be declaring the word of God. And they're just hanging out at the table. He sees that with us every day. Can you imagine? Pastor, my son won't come to know the Lord. You think it's because of the way you acted? Well, Pastor, I, I can't get my daughter to listen. She's on those drugs. You ever think it could have been something you did because you didn't represent Jesus Christ? Maybe you were the model parent. But you did not represent eternal life to them. When Wyatt gets older, I want him to know Jesus Christ. When Wyatt gets older, I still want him to think, Dad, what would you do? What would you do, Dad? I want to instill in him that mom and dad know best. I want, I want to instill in him that if he gets into trouble, he can come to me. 
I want him to talk about his girlfriends, and I, I want him to talk about his problems, and I want him to talk about everything. But if I never allow him to do that, if I never am a representation to him, he's never going to do that. That's the same thing Jesus wants from us. Because the Bible says he's our heavenly father. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to tell him all of our troubles and our issues and our, and our problems. He doesn't want us hanging out. He wants us to instruct the people that he put before us to instruct. And that is not with your own, your, your own wisdom and your own authority. With his wisdom and authority. Well, Pastor, I don't know what to do. What does the Bible say? You know what the great thing about the Bible is in today's society? It's on Google. Pastor, what do you mean? I don't know how to take care of my children. They're struggling with the loss of their girlfriend. She left him. Maybe he's 17 or 18 years old and his world's rocked. And you don't know how to fix it. What does the Bible say about relationship? You can type that right into the Google browser. Boom. The World Wide Web pops up after only a couple of seconds. And it begins to give you scripture. Why? Because the Bible has everything you need. To every problem that you have. Why are we contacting these gurus and these psychologists and all of these things? Because we're not reading the word of God. Pastor, you've been hard on us today. No. I want you to understand you're on a mission. When you stand before the Lord in the great throne judgment, He's going to tell you all of your issues and all of your problems. But one thing He's going to say is, you had the ability to minister to your son. You had the ability to minister to your daughter. You could have told them about me. Why didn't you? And you know why he's going to ask you that question? Because before or after he went to the cross, he said, all authority is given to me. And I'm making you disciples. And if you accept salvation, then I'm telling you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.